Welcome to the club, man. Here is failure to communicate. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. This is the worst day of my life. The worst day of your life so far is looking at you, kid. There's no crying in baseball! I'm gonna make him an offer to get him with you. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. To infinity and beyond! American diplomat Robert Thorne is convinced to substitute an orphaned baby for his own stillborn one out of concern for his wife Catherine. After the boy Damien's nanny bizarrely and very publicly hangs herself, disturbed priest Father Brennan warns Robert that Damien is evil. A sinister new nanny appears, Brennan dies, and Damien accidentally pushes Catherine off a balcony. As more people around Damien die, Robert starts to realise his adopted son may really be the Antichrist. Roll the trailer. For generations, the Thorns have been a family of tremendous wealth, position, and power. The perfect marriage of Ambassador Robert Thorne and his wife Catherine was fulfilled by the birth of their son, Damien. And then, when the child was five years old, something terrible happened. And then, happened again. Was it an accident? Was it murder? Was it a coincidence? Or was it an omen? Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. 20th Century Fox presents a film of psychological suspense about an occurrence of earth-shaking importance. Gregory Peck. Lee Remick, The Omen. I was at the hospital, Mr. Thorne, the night your son was born. I saw its mother. I saw its mother. I have fears. I have fears. What kind of fears? Its mother, Mr. Thorne. You saw my wife. Its mother. What is it you're trying to say? His mother was a... This is not a human child. No mistake. There are those who will die for him. There are those who will kill for him. Who is he? What does he want? Where did he come from? And can he be stopped? Gregory Peck. Lee Remick, The Omen. If this is the truth, where does it end? Welcome to the second annual Halloween episode of the Scaritage Film Club. This time we're watching the Twitter pick The Omen, a 1976 horror written by David Seltzer and directed by Richard Donner. I'm Brian. And as always, the film club is Mike. Good day. Jared. Hey. And Clayton. 
Hello. ho Who let Mike back, by the way? Yeah, I don't when? know why I came back, because there was no hashtag bring Mike back or whatever it was. Yes, so, it was. Um, it was one was hashtag he? bring back yeah, yours. Mike. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right, whatever. So now I know where our loyalties, our listeners' loyalties lie. So whatever. Anyway. One, one hashtag counts as a movement, surely? Yeah. <laughs> but I everything see, has to start somewhere. My, text, my tweet was, either do this or use the hashtag. So it evens itself out. <laughs> Wait, does that mean if we'd had two no more Mike hashtags, then there'd just be three of us? Gone burgers. Oh, so close. <laughs> See, Man. if you snooze, you lose. And you have a Twitter too, Ryan. Come on. You what? <laughs> I fear the power of my Twitter account. Anyway, it's Halloween. Nearly, kind of. The Omen. Shall we talk about the Omen? Uh this had a cast including Gregory Peck, Lee Remick, David Warner, Billy Whitelaw, who was in Hot Fuzz, by the way, mm-hmm. Patrick Troughton, who was Doctor Who, and Harvey Stevens as Damien Thorne, the Demon Child. It had a budget estimated of two point eight million US dollars, cumulative worldwide gross of sixty point nine million. Damn. With an opening weekend of four point two million dollars, which was probably due to an interesting marketing campaign. Bit to talk about there. It won the 1977 Academy Award for Best Score for Jerry Goldsmith. Uh, and is, I guess, a reasonably reasonably famous horror movie. Very famous. Very famous. Interesting to kind of debate why, though, because I have some questions. I'd also like to say alleged demon child, Damien. Mm, yeah, that's also a thing. Mm-hmm. The Rotten Tomatoes score. Any uh, guesses, as usual, gents? Audience. Must have been, yeah, must have been pretty big with the audience. Yeah, I'd agree. Okay. Tomato meter score, 86%. Mm. Audience score, 80%. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, hmm. shit. Yeah, I thought so too. <laughs> if I'm Still honest. good scores, though. They're good scores, yeah. And particularly given that it's, I guess, over time. You know, it's not a, it's not a new movie, clearly. Yeah, I figured audience too, but more along the critic side. Yeah, it's interesting. So, it's held up though, obviously, because as you said, it's it's uh, an old movie, mm. and it's the the score hasn't started to dwindle. So hmm. maybe after this, maybe we more people <laughs> listen to this podcast, and then <laughs> our thumbs we'll will the, do it. We'll start another yeah. movement. The thumb score rules. Yeah. Okay, shall we go around the room, uh, Jared? Can you lead us off? Initial thoughts? Yeah, I think this one was a little bit like Saw for me, and it took a little while to get into it. Um, it starts off, I guess, kind of slow, but there's some scenes, especially in the last half of the movie, that I really enjoyed that where it felt more like a horror movie then, and those are the parts of the movie that I really liked. Mm-hmm. So it, it grew on me um, as it went, but I, I quite enjoyed it. Okay. Mike? Yeah, it was a movie. It was um, oh, yeah, it's a Clayton, it right. it's a Clayton response. Yeah, it was um, what it was. Uh, it's one of those classics. I'm doing air quotes um, that I hadn't seen, and I don't think I was really missing anything. To be honest, um, there are a couple of scenes that ended up being scenes I knew um, from other stuff, uh, but. 
yeah, it was all right. Not my favorite Dick Donner film by any stretch, um, nor my favorite horror movie, but yeah, it was there. No, true. The one that I think, from what I understand, kind of opened the door for him to do some other things. So at least we got a little bit of... Superman was after this, I believe. It was, yeah. Superman, Lethal Weapon, all of that kind of thing. Mm. So some things that he got to do on the basis of this, probably on the basis of $60.9 million. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that would have helped. Yeah. Couldn't hurt. Clayton, thoughts? So uh, 22 minutes into the movie, I was disappointed because I wanted cheesecake and I didn't have any cheesecake because (laughs) by that time I'd already seen like a creepy priest claim somebody to drink the blood of Jesus, some chick hang herself, some weird dog. And I was like, I'm going to buckle in because this is going to be a hell of a lot of fun. I absolutely (laughs) love this movie, man. This movie is a fucking awesome that's yeah. not where I thought you were going it's at all. No, anywhere I thought. No, because I wanted no. cheesecake because I was like, I, you've set the tone for me. I'm in. I'm like at that point where the pre, the crazy priest comes in, and he's all like, drink the blood of Jesus. I was like, I, I'm in, man. This is gonna be a crazy movie. And fuck, was it, man? It was fun. That's my question. Was it? Oh, I yeah. thoroughly enjoyed this. This was, this was awesome. Great. Uh, side question: Can we replace the thumb score with slices of cheesecake? <laughs> if you want. <laughs> So is it out of a possible eight, or are we just doing how many slices do you have? Two each. Yeah. Well, Clayton doesn't do halves, so at least it's like either it's either a piece of cheesecake or it's not. You like the movie? This is good. Yeah. I, I'm kind of on the fence, if I'm honest. I didn't think it was particularly scary. I didn't think it was scary for a horror movie. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting. And it could have been more of a psychological thriller, largely speaking, than a horror. But yeah, it's, it's maybe it was horror for nineteen in the middle of the seventies. It's not the kind of thing that you would say is horror now, and it's like not slasher or anything like that. And and I'm a, a lot like Jared in that it took me a while to warm up to this movie. I enjoyed the second half of it more than I enjoyed the first half because it had kind of gotten into more interesting territory. It was a bit Whittle? of a slow burn. When it was released, was it listed as a, like? Is it listed as a horror? Because yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I agree mm-hmm. with it. It's not a horror. Yeah, no. it's, yeah, it's it's hard to hard to categorize. I thought if if you don't call it a horror, what are we what are we listed as? So the answer to your question is yes, but I think over time, more people like Brian said, I think it was Brian. Um, psychological thriller seems to be more of the genre category. That, you put it in, yeah, okay. Yeah. Because it's not really it depends how you define a horror, I guess. Because um, obviously it's not a slasher. Uh, it's not mm. actually all that gory at all. No, um, no. There's there's two famous death scenes in it, um, but there's very little blood. Uh, What's the two famous um, ones? The priest and the javelin. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the decapitation. Oh, okay, okay, yep. With the glass. Which, by the way, I'm going to say just jumping ahead. Um, mm-hmm holds up pretty well. Like, it's not a bad um, shot. No. Um, it, it actually looks pretty decent. It's pretty well done, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was... considering it's 76. I thought he was just going to get crushed by the truck. I didn't realize there was a pane of glass on top. All right. So, so when it sliced his head off, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's actually really funny because, as I said, I've never seen The Omen, but uh, a few nights before... And I'm going to give a free plug to 
the new series of the movies that made us um brilliant season so far but one of the episodes was halloween which we obviously covered last halloween um and they were talking about uh the creation of that movie um and they actually showed the decapitation scene from the omen but it didn't say it was from the omen so i actually had no idea that it was what i was about to watch oh okay Um, but it was really cool because when it came up I was like, hey, cool, that's what I just saw the other night on on the TV show. Um, but, yeah, no, even when the guy's head comes off, there's not a lot of blood, if any. No, it's yeah, pretty bloodless in hindsight. Yeah, you're not mm. wrong. Hmm. So, yeah, we'll say psychological thriller, but, I mean, for all intended purpose, it, it's a classic horror. Yeah. It's, it's a bit of a weird one in that way, in, in doing some research for the trivia, as we do. Um, Richard Donner was apparently quite insistent that there'd be nothing in the script that had uh, anything supernatural, uh, obviously supernatural. I mean, so apparently there were supposedly witches and, and some kind of demon, more, more demonic And the elements. devil like supernatural? Yeah, but in, in that you, whether or not you see them. Oh, okay. You know, so, everything's everything's yeah. kind of suggested. It's fairly obvious oh, in the way that okay. it comes out, but it's all kind of suggested. Um, he apparently took all the things out to go, well, we want people to be thinking. Yeah, and then as you work your way grounded. through the movie, it's, it seems kind of, well, yeah, he's the devil child. Plausible mm. that he is the devil child. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Then actually yeah. see him as the actual devil per se. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. And, and I kind of wondered whether I thought it might have been maybe a little more interesting to go down the road they were apparently going to go with – more originally, which was to have it a bit ambiguous as to whether or not Robert's just losing his mind. I think they still sort of did go that way because they didn't, apart from the nanny, mm-hmm. um, there wasn't really anything that, um, what's the word, that sort of told you? It's not completely That's, clear cut. No. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. So apart from her, because she's really random compared to everything else in the movie, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's clearly not right, whereas everything else is pretty much um, plausible, I guess. Uh, Except for the dog. Dog's not right as well. Well, I'll say yeah. one thing. This movie did not help my sinophobia at all. <laughs> um, and considering that my fear of dogs stems from Rottweilers, this really didn't help. <laughs> um, Sorry. So, Sorry. So I know it's a, a real world thing, but yeah. oh, shit. So this was fun, um, especially the, the scene in the graveyard uh, at the end. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's quite interesting tech that he took. And uh, had they not had the nanny, I think it would have been more ambiguous. So. Yeah, she she apparently was going to be a much gentler character. Uh, again, original script, so I'm dipping way into trivia. Apparently she was going to be, Mrs. Baylock was going to be sort of Irish and friendly. And then when Billy Whitelaw came in and did her reading for her, she changed the, the tone and some of the dialogue. And Donna decided, yeah, this is where we're going. And it would it's something which very much turns the pace of the movie, I think, and, and the way that the movie goes, because she's... Say either she's a demon or she's unhinged, one or the other. Well, she ain't no Mary Poppins, y'all. So <laughs> she is she is not a nice Well again, you don't she's see nice. her do she's yeah, nice you don't to see Damien. Her, yeah, you don't see her do anything uh not nice. Apart for from for a lot of it. Yeah. Pushing pushing 
the wife out the window of the hospital. Oh, that's the way later. And though. Opening the door so he can ride his tricycle out. Oh yeah, that scene was good. Yeah, that yeah. Okay, that was a bit too. Um, you know, the funny thing about that is when Damien rides his tricycle down and knocks the mother off um, off the balcony mm-hmm. inside the house, and I was thinking as she's falling. I was like, oh, yeah, cool, because that guy just said, you know, your wife's pregnant and the baby's going to be lost or whatever because Damien's going to kill it in the womb or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking that as she's falling. Then just as I think that, her body twists around so she lands on her stomach. And I was like, yeah, we got it. Like, you, <laughs> you didn't have to go, like, and, like, shove it in our face <laughs> like that. But Not whatever. dripping in subtlety then, no. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought she was going to be impaled with a whole heap of glass, but not nah, was how. No, it was only a fishbowl. Yeah, still. Poor, I was like, poor fish. Cut an artery or something, fish. but nah. Nah. She had, to come, she had to survive so she could die later. Is this normal for... Because, like, I've, I wrote a couple of things down while I was watching this movie. And at the 10-minute oh, mark... always good. At the 10-minute mark, I'm like, these parents are cunt faces. Because... They just seem to just leave oh, the that's kid a new with one. the nanny, and they just go off and live their lives, and they don't give a shit. And like, is it normal just for for, for parents to have children and have a nanny and just not care about the child whatsoever? You clearly don't watch a lot of movies, but like, well, no, I don't. I don't. So, but like, he's galloping across the country while the mum's in hospital as well, and the nanny's just looking after the child. I'm like. What in the blue hell is going on? You have responsibilities, but you don't care about them. Okay. That's a pretty high-powered job that he's just sort of ditched for. Yeah. Just, I don't know. And there's that scene early on um, where they're sort of establishing who everybody is and all of that. Um, And they're walking along the riverbank and they're having this great conversation. And And only only later realize that, oh, where's Damien gone? Yeah, we had a kid. Where's that kid gone? That's where I got to and I wrote it down because I'm like, you lost your fucking kid. What the shit? Yeah. And and then then the mum's screaming at the boy going, don't ever do that again. I'm thinking, what? I was like, how about watch your kid again? Yes. Yeah, it's not not the kid's fault, dude. Um, You're too busy in arms talking about each other and looking like you want a spoon and your child's just, I don't know, fallen in a river and drowned. Oh, oh, shit, we had a child. (laughs) Been a weird short movie. That scene was so so strange, yeah. Weird. Uh, In a slightly um, odd way of showing the passage of time, it's this photo montage and then, ah, birthday party, nanny swings from the window. Damien, Damien, it's all for you. Look at me. And then, yep. Um, Creepy weirdness ensues. From there on, it sort of Mm -hmm. stuff starts happening. So, hmm. Then the deranged priest turns up. I always figure in movies it's a really good idea if you're going to barge into someone's office uh, to not get to the point at all, dance around it, be really strange, and then can't even quite get the sentence out that your child is a demon. It's like you had a lot of time in that office, my friend. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Drink the you blood were, of Christ. Drink yeah, the blood of Christ. That's eat it. Eat his flesh. Eat his flesh. <laughs> like you're telling him what to do, but you're not telling him why. Yeah. It's it's, just like, trust me, I'm a priest. You're just freaking the dude out. <laughs> a priest I've never seen before. They just turned yeah. up at my work. Okay, I'll yeah. trust you. <laughs> a priest, by the way, who also had the six 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 mark. So there's something shady there, anyway. Correct. Um, yeah. 
but you know, it, sixth century it, it, in the church. Sorry, Jack. You know, it always works well when someone turns up at your door and tells you to start worshiping God. Hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, you, you're going to do it, right? Oh, always. Come in, sit down, have a cup of tea. Yeah, it's famously um, a welcoming thing. <laughs> when people knock on your door, you don't want to shut the door again. Um, yeah, it's it's got to be a proven method to recruit, right? Worst diplomatic security in the world, by the way. Yep. Soldiers downstairs clearly not earning their money. Nope. But, um, well, he did tell them to hold off for a minute. True. Uh, but he got as far as the office, which was interesting. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And, yeah, like you said, completely different priest. Not the priest he knew from uh, when the when Damien was born, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the other thing. Like, my wife was sitting in the lounge when I started the movie, and she's not going to watch this sort of movie ever if you paid her. Mm-hmm. Um, and the movie starts with the ominous uh, Latin um, music. The um, I don't know if that's Ave... Um, Satanum or something like that. Yeah, yeah. or mm-hmm. or if that's later on, but whatever it is, yeah. you know, it's it's quote again, um, religious music being sung in Latin, so it automatically sounds ominous, whether it is or not, right? Because yeah. it's just how it is. Um, that music starts, and she's immediately like, "Right, I'm out." <laughs> and I was like, "What?" I was like, "We're not even up to the well, potentially scary parts yet." She's like, no, nah, no, I'm out. You don't need that. <laughs> I was like, okay. Wow. <laughs> I know. But so then, um, a good review, that one. I think. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but I found, yeah, because then the first dialogue you hear is like, the baby took one breath and that was its only breath and then it died or whatever. So not quite stillborn, but, well, you find out later murdered. But mm-hmm. um, uh, she was like, yeah, nah. And then just she was out, and um, I found like the the audio at the beginning. I don't know if it was just the copy I was watching, or because um, did you guys all watch it on Disney Plus or? Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Um, Mickey so, the Mouse. Yeah, Mickey the Mouse bringing in uh, the Antichrist, but it was just seemed a bit weird. Like the the dialogue was quite quiet. The the music and the score was super loud. Um, don't know if that was just the version I was watching, but um, no, I, I found it like that a, uh, a lot of the way through. To be honest with you, some of the I know the, the score won an Oscar, as we said, but I found some of that really jarring a lot of the time. Yeah, but some, not in a good some, way. Not some, in like a, no, no, not yeah. not like a build, building. What would you call it? Building atmosphere. Mm. It just seemed odd. Yeah, uh, like even the bit where the, where the the dog turns up, and Damien's looking over the shoulder of the nanny type thing, mm. and then there's that weird. Um, Weird sound effect. Just just in case you hadn't quite figured out that the dog's just not quite right. Yeah. It was a little bit heavy, I thought. It, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was Jerry Goldsmith's only Oscar win. Um, if I'm not mistaken from reading, he wasn't, he either mm-hmm. didn't or wasn't going to go to the Oscars because he had lost so many times before. Yeah. Um, but I just don't get it. I, I want to know what scores it was up against. Because the score did nothing for me. It was not like an iconic um, score that you remember or that you've heard before, even if you haven't seen the movie. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
it was just there to be more grating to try and ramp up the uneasiness maybe but it yeah didn't i couldn't even hum a bar i can't remember it at all no no i i noticed oddly enough the silences were more interesting mm. there's various parts where where it's quite silent like when he's attempting to to check the birthmark on damien um yeah things like that or when they're at, at megado i think it was and they're on, on the dig site mm. And the lighting's different. That's the point at which it gets quite bright for a change because most of the, the movie's quite dark. I thought darkly or lit. I'm sure that's a phrase. And so the, the silence stood out maybe because it was the rest of the score was kind of jarring to me. That's strange. Did you guys enjoy the scene? I'm going to jump around now. The scene when they're leading up to the church for the wedding or whatever it was. Oh, when he freaked out. Yeah, that was awesome. That whole scene where they're driving up and you can see the church and they focus on the, the symbol up the top and they focus on him and then his characteristics slowly change. Yeah, and the funny thing for me in that one was it wasn't a cross they were focusing on. It was like a statue of an angel. Um, and, mm. you know, your, your more typical thing would be show the cross and then mm. have the Antichrist freak out. Um, but they went away from that cliche i guess for lack of a better term um yeah but yeah that kid was good he um he uh yeah raged yeah i think he did quite a good job the the kid in this movie quite a good performance it was he was creepy Mm. there's that smile at the end yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) it would have been better like you said if they left it ambiguous and then ended it like that, because yeah. then you would have sort of been right at the end going, oh, oh. crap, he actually is, sort of thing, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, and he's standing hmm. there with Mr. and Mrs. President, as it were. Yeah, which does not follow on in the sequel. So. No, it doesn't, strangely enough. And number three it does, supposedly, yeah? Mm. Yeah, the one with But, hey, Kiwi Connection, yeah, Sam Neill, yeah. fellow Kiwi, plays yeah. uh, Damien, the adult Damien. So number two... two so number two is what? Just him as a teenager or him growing up? Yeah, living with his yeah, uncle. Yeah, I'm though, living, with, living with the president. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. But, oh, random. Yeah. Were you guys, after the whole thing with the the photographer who's like the world's best detective? <laughs> I don't. Batman. He's Lois Lane, yo. <laughs> Man. Like every scene after that, were you just waiting for like how he was going to die? Cause obviously you see, you see the photo that he shows with the, what is the mark throw me like, Oh yeah, this is the belt where he's going to die. You yep. go to like the, the graveyard and those dogs are there to climb under the fence. I'm like, yeah, this is where it is. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> like, where's this going to be? And finally it, it um, gets to the part where he gets decapitated by the glass. And I thought he was going to get done by the knives that they got. Yeah. They were Not- obviously trying to lead you that way. Yeah, because yeah, after the fence, I was like, okay, they've made the focus on the knives. It's surely going to be the knives. And no, it wasn't the knives. It was a piece of glass. Yeah, that's the the problem with that foreshadow, which um, was for the rest of the time he's alive, you're, you're waiting for it. Mm. Um, so with, with the priest, you know, you see this mark, but you don't know that it's foretelling his death. No. Until you get the shot of the spire, which is close to just before yeah. it happens, and you're going, well, okay, here that comes. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, geez, that there was some some freaky weather <laughs> that Priest got. Um, it was very reminiscent of um, Hot Fuzz to me too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spy comes down you. Yeah. Who I was. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Sorry. I was confused by that whole scene a little bit. I'm sorry. Because I was like, so the priest works for God, right? And God controls the weather. How the hell is the devil controlling the weather to make that thing fall down? Uh, well, the priest clearly had had some connection to the devil uh, okay. previously. I figured so he, that. Yes, the mark. He may have been yeah. like a yeah. traitor. I figured because he had the mark, he was possibly a traitor, and he was trying to repent himself to a degree, but they didn't really go into that. So I just sort of assumed that. Again, it's, ambiguous. If they'd gone into it, it would have been like, oh, okay, he's definitely the Antichrist or the, the mm. child of the devil because yeah. we've shown it now. So he's convinced the, he's going to hell because he says, tells Robert that he'll see him there. Yeah, but then I was like, he's the priest and like he's there trying to do the right thing, you know, like, hey, kill your son or whatever because he's the Antichrist. And then God just schools him. I was like, okay. And I think it was also to try and stop him getting into the church um, and, and all this. So, um, but yeah, again, even then, you know, this, this pole comes down off the roof at great velocity and spears the guy but it looks like it speared him through the shoulder when it actually shows it um so again not very gruesome and i was like could he have lived through that like just just based on how it was staged um so yeah i don't know Um, i'm impressed that you could buy a paper back then where they would put that picture on the on the front page uh, yeah especially because it was the daily mail um (laughs) yeah yeah and you're right. Um, mm. No way. But it was like, I was sitting there through, through most of the movie going, okay, it's not scary. And is it because it's from 1976? I was like, no, because other movies around that era, like Alien, uh, and eh, we, we all said Halloween wasn't that scary, I guess. No, nah, it wasn't. But no. I don't think that is the problem. I just don't think it's a... Scary horror movie. No, I, th- I think Halloween does does better at giving you a jump scare. Oh, yeah, and that's the other thing too, because this movie doesn't do that. No, I was, I was going to actually gonna ask Jared because it's time we brought up age because we always do mm-hmm. on the podcast. Um, I guess Jared, given you, you could kind of say you're brought up on a different type of horror, if you like. Mm-hmm. How does this rate to you? How, how does well, first question? I suppose is it scary? Does it count as a horror to you? Do you think? I didn't find it scary. My my favorite part of the whole movie was when he goes back to the house to get Damien, and he like ch- checks checks for the the symbol on his head. Mm-hmm. I thought that was the the closest to a horror, where it's like he he's creep trying to be silent, creeping in. Yeah. Then the 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 crazy woman jumps on him from behind. I think that was the only part for me that was like close to what I think a horror movie is. In the most sort of intense part, yeah. Yeah. But, the rest of it, I didn't. I didn't think of it as a horror. Yeah. Although I haven't watched a lot of horror movies. Uh, yeah, I, I remember this being touted as a really scary movie when I was a kid. I didn't watch it in 1976 because I'd have been seven. Um, my parents are good; they're nice. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of it was touted as being scary, and I've I've always 
thought of it or heard of it as being a scary movie and now I'm wondering in hindsight or you know with everything that's been made since then whether the, the genre has just changed or I mean, people were more easily scared back then I don't know they were pussies back then <laughs> no, no well okay you can argue that you haven't seen this sort of thing before back then right and so yeah you're not prepared for it or whatever True. but you've had movies like Psycho that holds up um, Alien, like I said, that holds up as a horror movie. Um, this, I'm the same as you, Brian. Like, um, I've always assumed that this is sort of like Exorcist levels, which I also haven't seen. Yeah. Um, mm. That's it's supposed to be this really like, holy crap! It's going to scare the crap out of your movie. Mm. Now I'm sort of like, maybe I should watch Exorcist. The Exorcist <laughs> is exactly funny the same as yeah, man. Exactly oh, the same it's not even a horror. It's hilarious. Oh man, see, and this is the thing, like I was brought up on different type of horror movies because I'm not a horror movie fan, but the movie that got me watching horrors at some point was Scream, uh, with, you know, and that got me into obviously slasher. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all self-referential, right? It's all riffing on this kind of thing. Yep. But then it Mm. got me to start exploring other slasher movies and that's how I went into Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street and all that. Um, but yeah, this is like I don't know I, I just don't think I'm into the whole um, satanic horror like you called it at the beginning yeah like, it's yeah, just like it's, it's almost too easy it's like oh the devil yeah cool obvious was like I don't know, I don't know. If that sort of like whole satanic element was sort of the norm back then or if it was a bit taboo back in whatever the 70s the, to... the exorcist was already out yeah so yeah, it wasn't when you, like when you go fresh. down the road of like a Wicker Man or something like that, we mm. all these kind of weird cultish type things happen. Mm. Yeah, I think that was it. Was I think even Hammer Horror they were still doing things like vampires and, and all of that kind of carry on. So mm. I don't know whether this was really sort of uncharted territory as far as that went. And maybe some of it has to do with how they marketed it. We'll, we'll kind of swing back to that. Um, do you guys know if the whole six 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 thing was? sort of in the mainstream before this. I mean, obviously it's been around a long time, but yeah, a long time. Yeah. Thousands of years. But like, like the idea of it, but was it sort of popularized by this? No, I I think it's this. I was going to ask that. That was, that was a note that I had in that, you know, people have been making jokes. I think since this movie came out, even all my life, I can remember people would say, Oh, look at him. He's a little Damien, you know? Yeah. They've ruined that name. This movie did for Damien what Jaws did for sharks. Exactly. He was right. apparently going to be called Domlin. Yeah. Which just seems bizarre to me. But anyway, Damien. Yeah, and the whole 666 thing, I I think it was popularized by this. Maybe it wasn't. Yeah, I'd go out on a limb without having done research and say it's probably true. Mm, yeah, I think so. Because they made it very um, – they force-fed it to you by, by a certain point of the movie. Mm, um, yeah. Because even the people in the movie didn't understand what it was. So it was like, that means we're not supposed to know what it is. No. Do you know what I mean? Well, I, was, um, I was making notes throughout this, and it's about an hour and seven minutes in before the, the term Antichrist comes up. Yep. But, and, and I had it in my head that, oh, this that right from the off, it's all about this kind of thing. I didn't realize it was some, as much of a reveal, if you like, or was going to be. Yeah, I didn't think it would take half the movie, because I thought you'd just sort of get into it. But again, if he's trying to leave it ambiguous, you don't mm. bring up that sort of phrasing, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess so. Um, 
I found it quite slow for the most part. Like when things happened, it was cool. Like mm. they had some good uh, set pieces, I guess. Um, like I mentioned before already, um, I did like the the hanging of the first nanny. Um, that was which is Jack Palance's daughter. Yes. Um, but I was like, up until that point, I'm like, slow, slow, get on with it. I know you've got to build up to horror. It's not like movies now, which get you immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and I mean, that happened and I was like, oh, okay, all right, cool. Then it slows down again. Then you get the creepy priest uh, come in and try and convince him about nothing. And then... Yeah, I don't know. It just seemed it was quite a slow movie. Like I got to the halfway point, um, paused to go make a cup of tea because <laughs> I wasn't obviously riveted to it or anything. Um, and I was like, holy crap, I got half the movie still to go. So, um, yeah, I'm, inter- bit- I'm very surprised, Clayton, that you were so into it. So yeah, it was fun. Mm, like, what? There's a little demon child. People like the the crazy nanny that's worshiping him, and a whole heap of killing because of the little demon child. What more? Was there a whole lot of killing there? Was there a whole lot of killing? Well, it was like five or six. Mm-hmm. The nan, the original nanny, the the priest, photographer, photographer, the mum, yeah, poor baby at the beginning, and whatever it was that birthed Damien. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah man. Seven, and then the um. Then the dead at the end, but you don't see the dead. Do you, do you feel like if if they're trying to be ambiguous the whole way through and then they get to a point where they show the animal corpse or whatever that's in the grave and then they show the murdered baby skeleton, it's like, okay, I think you've veered off the path of ambiguity now. Yeah, pretty well. So either yeah. embrace the fact that you're now telling us something but they leave that really vague because they don't really go back to it. Um, they're just like, okay, dogs are attacking us. Now we better hightail it out of here. And yeah. the wife dies and then you sort of forget about all that stuff. Through an ambulance? Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> out the window through the ambulance. Out of um, a what fifth story window of the hospital or whatever and through an ambulance, yeah. I was like, that's impressive. You imploded the ambulance. (laughs) She's still recovering from the last fall, Mm -hmm. which was quite a bad one. And um, Good call putting her on the fifth floor or wherever she was, yeah. Um, So, quick quick straw poll. Best death? Oh, the the reporter. Yeah. Yeah, for shock value, the the reporter. Although the, the... the first nanny that was pretty shocking as well, just because you weren't really expecting it. Mm. Yeah, I'll give you that. Mm. It was it was pretty well done. Yeah, depends how you class best. Mm. I guess M- most most effective, uh, most most well staged, or oh, then the probably well, the first nanny, least because least it just blood came out or early. something. Mm. Yeah, I. Mm. Do you think that this in, might have sort of inspired the final destination movies? In the way that they're they're predicting these horrible deaths, and then that's it just so funny because when it. you were talking about it before, I, that's what I've been thinking about through this whole conversation. Mm. Um, was Final Destination? Yeah, I, I wonder if they sort of pulled from this. Yeah, and a there's some. I haven't. I don't know if I've seen them, but I like know of them, know the premise. And I guess it's similar in the way that there's no like 
I guess there's a villain, but you've got no one like sort of chasing you that they're running from, like a lot of horror movies do. It's no, they're running. Sort of, they're literally running from death. Yeah, yeah. And, and and things just happen in those, don't they? You know, there's yeah. no one. There's no one pulling the strings that you can see, kind of thing. You're just waiting yeah. for these people to die in some random way. It's supposed to be a fate type thing, like a, you know, you were supposed to die in this order, yeah. Yeah. and in this way, so you're going to die in a similar way in the same order until someone can break the chain or whatever. Um, my thing with those movies is those deaths are usually really good set pieces, and that's why you watch those movies. You don't watch it for the horror. You watch it, for me anyway, the inventive ways to kill people. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I love it. It's mm. fun as crap. Yeah. But um, this one, I mean, that's where sort of the similarity ends, I guess. But in answer to your question, yeah, maybe. That, that was a question I was going to ask as well, and just whether you guys think it's... Can you think of anything in horror movies that, that sub- subsequently that have kind of riffed on this? You know, we, we talked when we did Halloween about how many things didn't seem original to us when we were watching it because you've seen them done again or, or referenced or homaged or whatever you want to call it since Halloween. Mm. I couldn't think of anything in this movie other than the whole thing about Damien being a name and the 666 thing that has endured that you'd go, oh, that's like the omen. No, Damien himself is probably the only... Mm. Like, everybody, like, yeah, we... South Park episode there with his... The Antichrist called Damien, that's the only thing I was okay. thinking during the movie. Yeah. How had anyone seen this prior to now? No. No. Okay, but we all knew of a character called Damien who's supposed to be a devil child, yeah. right? You knew the basic no. premise, yeah. Oh, the basic premise, you didn't know. So you, because for me, growing up, like sort of like Brian said, anytime I heard the name Damien or someone called Damien, you think Oh, isn't that like that devil kid in that movie, which I've never seen, but that was very prevalent pop culture wise. But mm. no. I think that's the biggest thing this movie pulls. And unless you count the 666 thing, which we're assuming, um, yeah, not really. Um, uh, like we said, Hot Fuzz pulled that death from above at the church scene. Mm. Um, yep. But again, that's not like something you automatically go. That's the omen, unless you've seen the omen, I guess. Yeah, and, and even then, until you brought it up before, I hadn't made the connection when I was watching it, going, "Oh, like this, the church scene in Hot Fuzz," hadn't mm. thought that at all. Okay, so there you go. So yeah, Damien yeah. himself is probably the biggest thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I always had this idea in my head of it being such an influential movie, and yet, as I say, it's, yeah. there's just it's not apparently. In hindsight, it seems strange to me. Well, preface, well, not preface, but we'll. Um, disclaim, I guess. Um, none of us are really horror movie fans or horror movie aficionados. So, Good people way. listening to this might be getting angry at us because maybe it has influenced a lot of stuff and we just don't know. Yeah. But, nah, I think uh, uh, the wider pop culture, it's the kid himself. Yeah. I remember when like the remake came out. I, I never watched it. Apparently, it's quite faithful, like sort of shot for shot. But I, I, I just remember the sort of premise in the six 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 tattoo. That's about it. Yeah, I was wondering if I should watch the remake, and then I read something that it was like a shot for shot, and I was like, oh, I already did that with Psycho. 
Yeah, so, and apparently that wasn't good. So, well, it was like, oh, I mean, shot for shot. So, yeah. was, which makes you wonder why you would bother. But, exactly. Hmm. Um, plus, you've swapped out um, with Vince Vaughn, so you're on to a winner. Um, I don't know. Like, well, if it is actually a shot for shot, time. yeah, um, I wouldn't even bother. Like, um, yeah. One thing that, that did stand out um, in this one and from research is there seems to be this myth around it or that there's a story that follows the omen around about the omen curse. I don't know whether you guys mm-hmm. read anything about that at all or had heard anything about the supposed omen curse. What? Yeah. There's a curse? Allegedly. Yeah, al- allegedly. And that's why I kind of referred to it at the beginning around how much money it made in the opening weekend because there's a lot of trivia out there about uh, Donna's plane having been struck by lightning and supposedly there was pe- people who were working on the film and they were in car crashes and, and there were all sorts of various things, that had, uh, accidents that had befallen people. And yeah, depending yeah. upon which source you read these from, yeah, it's, and, but it's a really good story because a lot of it seems to be uh, – a lot of places I found it referenced were told in different ways. Folktale um, or, or plausible? It, it, yeah, well, it's it's something like I, th- I think some of the things happened. You know, there was maybe a car crash and, and perhaps people died. I don't know, but there were definitely some things that happened. And I just have this sneaking feeling that the marketing department got hold of that and thought, "Hmm, hundred percent, this is a good story." Mm-hmm. And then it all sort of cranks up. Everybody wanted to see the movie that so and so died yeah. on. Yeah, Legit. and and and, do- and, and from <laughs> again from what I from what I've read, Donna has been not been backwards in milking that. Over time, R.I.P. Yep. Richard Donner, um, you know, and telling the story over time and, and getting a fair bit of mileage out of it, I think, in interviews. So there were a lot because it was, was mm. it, um, if, correct me if I'm wrong, um, Gregory Peck was supposed to be on a plane or something and then he didn't go on the plane and then it crashed or. Yeah, it's, it's um, one of those types of stories, yep. There what? were a lot of yeah, yeah, and then somebody got run over by a car. I don't know if it what? was it wasn't Dick Donner, it was someone else. No, it was um, someone else. Yeah, and there's all these things, but you a lot of these old horror movies from that era, like The Exorcist and stuff. There's these curses. Poltergeist, I think, is another one. Yeah, um, and you know, whatever. Um, Linda Blair's got a whole thing, hasn't she? From mm. Her time on The Exorcist, I don't know. Well, you could call it Linda Blair's entire career after The Exorcist, if you like. Uh, yeah. Maybe I'm just being mean. Uh, so it's like really whatever. But yeah, it's a, a marketing thing. I mean, some of these things might have happened. All the things that allegedly happen are plausible things that could have happened. True. Um, lightning strikes and blah, blah, blah. Hmm. But whether they did, there's no verification for most of it. So it's, it's hearsay and... That's exactly the sort of thing a marketing department should be milking for a horror movie. Yeah. So, well done. Which, which ironically, is as we said, the kind of thing that they could have done, the kind of coincidences that you could play up in a script yeah. and then leave it ambiguous. Mm. And then, of course, they chose not to. True. Then, didn't to- they also do something like at the early screenings of the movie, didn't they put up posters while the people were watching it and it said it was out on the the sixth day of June at 6 p.m. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And playing, playing the whole so everyone went in not knowing <laughs> what the 666 thing was, but then when they came out of the movie knowing what it was, yeah. they saw the posters and were like, what the fuck? Yeah, the first and thing, first thing you see when you come out. Yeah. <laughs> Legit. Oh, shit. Yeah. 
That's true. Funny. So, um, so these marketing people, which apparently I believe spent more money on the marketing than the actual movie. Um, wow. Did a good job. Did a good like job. Over 2 million on marketing. Yeah, I think it was this movie. I've been reading a lot about a lot of movies, but I'm pretty sure it was this one that said the marketing budget was higher than the film budget. But then that could have been one of the other movies I did on, um, I watched on movies that made us. So who knows? I could be lying. So yeah, this was probably very word of word of mouth as well. Um, at the time to drive the enormous box office it ended up getting. But that's all you had back then was word of mouth because there's no internet. So yeah, now you have reviews, I guess. Yeah, but even then, the, you'd have to wait the for newspaper. It to come out. If Jared knows what one of those is, sorry, I'm channeling Clayton. Um, <laughs> um, what's the newspaper? Um, kids ask your parents uh, or grandparents. No. Um, yeah. So okay. So quick roundtable. Are we all just saying this is not a scary movie? Or it didn't scare yeah, anybody? I, I, I wasn't scared. I was expecting to be at least disturbed and wasn't. Mm. Yeah, that's where I was hoping it would go since it wasn't really doing the jump uh, scares and everything, uh, or even the music cue scares, like yeah. as a staple in the horror movie genre. Yes. Um, I was hoping it would at least get to the point where I'm like, oh, I feel really dirty and fucked up now. <laughs> like, but not Dirty. Uh, yeah. Jared, assuming you haven't been des- desensitized by the 21st century, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No. Scary? Not scary? No, not scary. But going back to the scene you were talking about, Jared, yeah. um, the I will agree, the one scene that gave me a bit of um, tension was when he walks back into the house, goes up to Damien's room, and he's sort of combing through his hair to find the, um, the symbol. And he's locked the dog away, yeah. and we haven't seen the nanny, so you know she's about to turn up. Even there, they didn't use a jump scare. And that was the perfect opportunity to put one in. You know, like she's suddenly behind you and jumps you. And then you do the big music cue and you do the big, oh shit, you caught me off guard. But even that, it sort of just happened. Hmm. And it wasn't scary. She was just suddenly attacking him because you're like, well, she's in the house. She's going to pop up now that you found the symbol. Um, I felt like that was a little bit of a wasted opportunity, but clearly he wasn't going for that sort of horror movie. Um, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. What, what's everybody's thought on the scariness of baboons? Oh, that was scary. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> I that was, was like, cool. watching, yeah, man. I was watching that going, what did you do to those baboons? Cause they're real like animals mm. and they're freaking the fuck out. Mm. Um, that's a story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I read later on, but I'll let mm. you tell it. But it was mm. just like, did you throw like a lion in there or something? Because <laughs> they were freaking out, man. Hold up, did they um, really fuck up the animal, the baboons in us? Yeah, from again, what I read from my copious research, uh, to get the baboons to attack the car, they apparently put the the leader of the the group. They have leaders. It's a hierarchy thing. In, in alpha the male, the one the with the biggest red butt, and it, and it was and. <laughs> yeah. Well, didn't they first try the... That's how you do it. They first tried to put a baby one in there, didn't they? And it wasn't eliciting the right... And it wasn't wasn't doing it, yeah. And so Mm. they have a sort of a a sedated one, supposedly, or the leader, again, biggest red butt, uh, in the back of the car. And apparently that's what got the reaction from what they were looking for. 
Hmm. Hold on, when you when you say put it in in the car, like in the boot? No, it's like in the seat with a zookeeper with a handler. Yeah, yeah, like in a like in a child's car seat or something. No, no, just in the back seat. Because one one story that. because yeah, one story that I read here, and I hope this is true, because I think it's interesting, is that apparently the animal woke up and it grabbed Lee Remick, it grabs the mum while she's driving. So her reaction when all of this is going on apparently is real. Ah, see, I, I didn't read that it attacked her. I, I just thought she, yeah. her reaction was real to how they were freaking out and jumping on the car. I, I would have too. If, if she yeah. wasn't freaking out to that, then... Nerves of steel. Um, yeah. Apparently, she also stalled the car. So, so when she when she stalls the car, it's real, and her trying mm. to get the thing started again because she's freaking out about the baboons. And all the baboons are really jumping on the car at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, that's, that's crazy. That's how, how they got the reaction? Yeah, that's how you. No, no animals were harmed in the making of this movie. And if you're going to kidnap no, a baboon, goldfish were sardines. What? Hmm? Yeah, the, the goldfish were sardines painted orange because Richard Donner didn't want to sacrifice any goldfish. <laughs> when the when the bowl falls off the balcony and smashes under yeah. um, the mum. Oh, legit. Yeah, so it's just sardines painted orange. Mm. Movie magic. So, if you're going to steal a baboon, yeah. take the baby. It's all good. No, the baby didn't work. Take the boss. No, no, but you, you, you only want one, so you take the baby baboon, and then the others don't care. But you take the boss baboon, then you got to take the whole pack with you, and then they got to rip you apart. Yeah, it's all playing right. with the apes thing. Yeah. Ah, oh, okay, good. So, so one one thing we haven't haven't really talked about, I suppose, is performance. Yep. People. I mean, another thing that I did read that was that Gregory Peck had effectively come out of retirement for this, and his son had committed suicide a couple or several years before. So that must yeah. have made this really interesting for him, really challenging for him, I would have thought, making this kind of movie, particularly how it ends. Yeah. So do you think he was channeling? I, yeah, I, I couldn't say. I think it's, 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 a, it's a bold choice to have made, I think. Um, and I thought he was really good. I mean, Gregory Peck's never been a, a really demonstrative, demonstrative type of actor. You know, he's always kind of like this, what do you call it, gravity or seriousness or whatever. I, I enjoyed how he played it, though. I think I, I enjoyed all of them. Did the boy go on to do any to like to be somebody famous or now? No, only a couple of other credits that I found. Um, oh, he, okay. He's also in the remake. He he's, plays a reporter in the remake. Oh, okay, that's cool. Kind of a cameo, yeah. According to good old IMDb, but not yeah, not really a career that took off after this. Oh, crazy. Any no. other thoughts on cra- favorite crazy performance? Sorry, Jerry. Um, uh, I, th- I thought yeah, most of the acting was was pretty good. Enjoyed it. Nothing stood out as being bad or anything. But um, Gre- the- Gregory Peck's very old school, though. Eh? He's very mm. dramatic. Yeah, yeah. I like the dog. <laughs> the, yeah. the multiple dogs. Yeah, Rob I think Wattles. I had no problem with the acting across the board. Um, I mean, the kid was just. You know what he was, but he's he's a kid. He's never acted, um, so whatever. But um, one thing that was funny to me was they say, "Geez, um, when, when in the movie was it? I think it might have been quite early on." They say Gregory Pitt, I think, says something along the lines of how 
him and his wife were college roommates and allude to them having met in college. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you look at least 10 or 20 years older than your <laughs> wife. So I call bullshit on that, but whatever. Um, Her professor. And I'm thinking like, is this my first Gregory Peck movie? And I'm just looking through because he's obviously a, a legend of cinema or whatever, because his name is, you know, famous. Mm-hmm. Um, Guns of the Neverone, I think I've seen a long, long, long time ago. Yeah. Um, I haven't even seen How the West Was Won. Boys from Brazil? Yeah, that's another movie that was, isn't it sort of similar to this? Yeah. Um, um, yeah oh, Cape Fear, even, obviously. Even children. Yep. The original Cape Fear he was in. Um, yeah. To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, To Kill a Mockingbird. So but all movies I haven't really seen. So it's interesting that, I don't know, when the movie came on, he's the credit, and I'm like, hey, that's a pretty big name to get into this sort of movie. Mm. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Did, didn't really do anything for me. Not saying he's a, he was bad in it, because as I said, everyone was pretty on point, did what they had to do. Um, probably like the reporter the best. I was going to ask, I know we've all said we're not like horror movie buffs or anything, but mm. do you guys know where the the idea of having children as like the creepy bad guys in horror movies started? There's, there's a lot of movies that sort of do it where the idea of children as being quite creepy. There's The Village of the Damned, if you, if you guys have ever seen that one, mm. or black and white movie, which is taken from a, an old science fiction book called The Midditch Cuckoos. And that's that whole stereotypical uh, blonde kids being creepy and mm. quite strange. That's the only other one that I that I know of that I can think what of before this one anyway. Children of the Corn, isn't that a thing? I don't know. Am I making that up? Um, the Exorcist obviously started with the kid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You've got like the, yeah. the the girls in the shining yep. the, yeah, the twins. Of course. It's a good call. It's because kids are creepy. Wow. So Why it's like have you, kids again? You sent that message to us, um, Brian, to, to aimed at me and Clayton going, if your kid ever turned around and smiled at you like that, how would you feel? I was like, my kid does that all the time. <laughs> Whenever you tell him off, he turns around, he's looking up, you know, like head down, looking up out of his um, eyes with this big grin on his face. I'm like, burn it. <laughs> Burn it down. I was like, no. Um, that's why I said if. How are you um, sleeping, Mike? Oh, yeah. <laughs> With a knife under my pillow. Um, yeah, Children of the Damned was one. Mm. And there is a Children of the Corn, but it looks like the movie came later. Um, back to that point. But, yeah, man, kids are, kids are creepy, man. So, <laughs> How many have you got? i got Moving three, on. but Moving only one on. of them is <laughs> potentially... Uh, ambiguous in terms of whether he's the uh yeah the always worry about the one the, that smiles at you yeah but it's the type of smile it's, <laughs> um yeah i don't know anyway let's move on before i say something i'll regret um and that's locked into audio forever true um, that is the thing he's gonna grow up and listen to these and go hi hey, remember when you mucked around with the podcast hey that time you called me the antichrist so, <laughs> I hope you fix the brakes on the car, Dad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, okay. We've uh, we've burned pretty much all of the trivia that I had, but I did have one piece of alternate casting. 
that I had found. Oh, I had quite a few of those, but go on. Yeah, I only found the one. If you've got more, then by all means, chuck them in. Um, okay. One I had for the role of uh, Robert Thorne, played by Gregory Peck, of course, was Charlton Heston. Yep. Who passed on it to make something else. William Holden. Yep. Who passed on it and eventually was in The Omen 2. As the uncle. Hmm. Yeah. And Dick Van Dyke. And Roy Scheider. Yes, I saw Roy Scheider. I saw that he'd been considered for it. I'd, I'd found yeah. these three who'd said that they were offered it, but turned it down. Dick Van Dyke, Dick Van Dyke is my favourite. That's my favourite one. Yeah. It's like, what, what, how's your CV look? Well, there's Mary Poppins. There's The Omen. Well, at least he didn't have to put on a British accent if he did this movie. Um, <laughs> what was that, but, what that accent was? Apparently. Right. Um, what did you have? Low-hanging fruit. Um that is my probably my favorite piece of alternate casting across all the episodes we've done. <laughs> yeah. Dick Van Dyke as the father in the omen. Um, my wife might have watched it. That's her favorite actor. So okay. that might have uh, turned her around a little bit. But it. Um, Sheldon Heston probably would have been the. Um, he would have done all right. But he's very dramatic. With well. cold, dead hands. Yeah. He's got enough good movies, so he didn't need he, it. He did all right, yeah. Mm. Um, but I was saying before, but I was on mute because um, Clayton made that point. Did the kid end up going and doing anything else? But mm. what I find is a lot of these seventies and eighties movies, you have these iconic characters: Damien, Michael Myers, um, Freddie. Uh, yeah, all of the people who play these quote iconic uh, horror characters don't tend to go on and have a big CV of other stuff. Hmm. Um, uh, Robert England, who played Freddy, did other stuff, obviously. Um, But they seem to stay in the B grade, maybe, a bit. Um, They never get to the A list, really. Um, It's different nowadays because of how movies are made and cast and having to have names and stuff. Um, But I find that quite interesting um, that, you know, you have these roles that endure across decades. A lot of people, unless you're a big fan of these sort of movies, they don't know who you are. Um, yeah. I mean, and you don't do a lot of other stuff. So, hmm. so it's different from today when if you're a child actor, you probably end up being a Disney kid and they just all end up screwed up anyway, do they not? Or am I overgeneralizing? Okay. Uh, I think nowadays they're doing all right. We've got Zendala. She's done all right. Starting off as a Disney channel kid. Um, that's an in-joke for you listeners who are new and going, who the crap are you talking about? It's Zendaya. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I feel like movies now have to cast a name. So. Yeah, different, different days, I think. Yeah. Less, less hanging on the box office back then maybe than now. Maybe that's a, just an assumption. You said you, you found some other alternate casting though, Mike? No, I thought you meant you only had one, as in you had one person oh, sure. who was going right. to play. Yeah. So, no, that was you covered – Okay. Um, yeah, no, I, I couldn't find anything for any of the other roles, so I guess that was where they were going to go. Um, Did you read, though, that The Omen, and this is going back to something we said before, hmm. um, the um, Omen, uh, or at least parts of it, form the basis of Good Omens by Neil Gaiman? Yes. So yeah, that's quite yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, which is weird, having read the book. Um, I knew enough of the, the story of The Omen without having seen the whole thing. To recognise exactly that, that was what they were riffing on. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. 
I found the, the book of Good Omens more entertaining than the movie of The Omen, and didn't like the TV series of Good Omens at all. So feel free. But to wasn't that because it was too close to the book? Or yeah, it was, and just updated in ways that I just didn't didn't take with me. But yeah, feel mm. free to un- unleash the Twitter hate. I've Big watched fan the of Game and um, otherwise. Hmm. Cool. Right. So, before we hit thumbs, any final thoughts or uh, other things to cover, gents? Um, nothing for me. No. No. I've, I've watched it. I've ticked it off my list. What um, are our picks for next Halloween? The, the, <laughs> I don't <laughs> have to think. I was going to say the role of Clayton this time is being played by Mike. Um <laughs> We've got to get through Christmas yet. Christmas. Christmas. Which is only like four episodes away. Christmas! Yeah, something like that. It's crazy. Everything's going pretty fast. Um, So we can put Halloween behind us and look forward to our Christmas picks. I've got mine locked and loaded. Oh, okay. Die Hard. (laughs) It's not Die Hard. Yay. Um. So yeah, that'll be Diane's fun. time will come, no doubt. Yeah. But we've got a few movies before that that we have to still watch. So we do. We run for next week, next time, but we'll get to yeah. that. Okay. Good. Let us let us thumb. I will thumb first. One. One thumb. It was interesting enough. It built interestingly enough at the end. To afford it a thumb, but no more. Mike? Uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> pass. Uh, um, <laughs> pass. You, you're you're uh, allowed to go zero. Zero is an option. I feel like I'm going to get struck down or from below or something. Um, I don't know. Um, uh, I. Got some time to think. We can swing back to you. Yeah, swing back. I'm okay, still, we'll yeah. swing back. Jared? Yeah, this is a tough one for me. Um, there are parts I liked about it. But yeah, I, I think I agree. Probably probably a one as well. Okie dokie. Clayton. Yeah, if you go and watch it, just make sure you've got food ready because it's fun. I'm giving it two because I thoroughly enjoyed it. Ooh, it's a cheesecakey too. I'd watch it again. Right. Like it was a fun movie to watch. Okay. I guess it swung back to me now. Um that was quick. Um yes. I there were a few scenes that I enjoyed as i said the decapitation scene held out up pretty well um compared to other horror movies that don't um uh so it's not a zero because there were little bits i liked um yeah half half a thumb okay that's it for me i don't uh, i don't know why it's a classic sorry but (laughs) half a thumb Alrighty. Well, we've nudged over the 50%, and that's okay. It's in Four and a half out of eight, was it? Four and a half out of eight. 56%. Yeah. All right. 56% of thumbs. It's a respectable score. Did we score the last Halloween movie? Yes. Did we score it? Oh, did we? Did we? I Allow me to consult the Oracle here. No, I don't think we did. Uh, Yes, we did. Oh, 62.5. 62.5%. 
Oh, that should be higher now because I like that way more. And all they did was smoke <laughs> weed and kill people, man, in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Also, it wasn't scary as we've all No, it wasn't really. Yes. Maybe, maybe in 1970, whatever the heck it was for Halloween. Maybe it was just a, maybe it is just a generational thing and we're just immune to it because we have so much information now at our fingertips. I think for Halloween, time has hurt it in terms of how it's scary or not because we're so used to those sort of movies. But this movie, I don't think that is the problem. No. I'm I'm not sure it's a general thing for time either because you mentioned Alien before, Mike, and I still think that's possibly the scariest movie I've ever seen. I think that holds up Harder. immensely. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've never seen Alien. Yeah, we'll get around to it. It's um, it's a goodie. Um, cool. But you should watch Exorcist, Mike. It's funny. Yeah, again, I just never have the, I don't know, will drive to sit down and watch a horror movie, really. Yeah. So you, I do it might, when we have to. You might have to pick um, it, Clayton. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be cool. Maybe you need to pick it. Mm. Okay. We've movied, we've triviaed, we've thumbed. Yeah. Two things left to do, which is social media and next time. What do you want to do first, Mike? i got to do next time first. Okay. So, you lucky people, it's me again. Hooray. Once more with fear. No, I didn't mean that in a bad way. Like, <laughs> it sounded very condescending there, eh? It wasn't just me then. Okay. No, hang on. What was your last pick? My last pick was Streets of Fire. Oh, yeah. Yay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. No, your your movie pick is not important, Brian, okay? <laughs> that was, I no, I didn't yeah. say it. No, <laughs> I didn't say that. I just said based purely on the last pick. No. I don't Go. take it personally, Clayton. I, I'm I, excited. I've known him a long time. <laughs> Okay, gathering my thoughts. Just for a, a slight change of tone then, like you did mm-hmm. ask during the week for light. I've tried to go with light. I've picked what is uh, listed at least as a drama comedy. Because we're kind of, you know, what, what's the last run we've done? We've done John Wick, In Bruges, Eighth Grade, and The Omen. Mm-hmm. You know, and In Bruges had some funny moments. There's a bit of levity to be had here, but I think this one hopefully will be a little bit more than what it looks like on the surface. Back to 1996. As I say, a drama comedy directed by Ted Demi cast uh, our first, what I'm thinking of as an ensemble cast. It has Matt Dillon, Timothy Hutton, Mira Silvino, Uma Thurman, Mm. Lauren Holly. Wow. uh, Forgive me, Rosie O'Donnell. This is a 90s cast. It's a 90s cast, very wow. much so. Mm. And Natalie Portman. Ooh. There you go, Michael. Just for you. And this is a movie called Beautiful Girls. I have not seen that. Good. You've got two weeks to watch it. And that's what I we're doing next you, time. I thought you were going to choose Jurassic Park. Natalie Portman's not on that. Nor is no, Holly, but I was just like a 90s movie. movie. Yeah. Matt, Matt Dillon plays the T-Rex. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm a T-Rex. Oh. And this one for sure has at least one song that can go on the soundtrack. Yeah, the Heritage Film Club soundtrack. Yeah. No. Not if you want your wife to listen to it, no. 
No, we're not putting Hail Satan on the soundtrack. <laughs> Come on! No. J- Jared, Sorry. as the keeper of the soundtrack, any thoughts on this one, or are we going to let this one pass? The, the creepy music that was played at the start of the movie. Yeah, I'll oh, give you that. soundbite? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Did, there's more to come for next time, I promise. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm looking forward to this because, I mean, I know it's an early Natalie Portman and I know it, she's probably not even a main part, but yeah. man, well, I'll give that a go. Cool. Well, uh, perhaps when we actually do the review of this one, we might get a real yay. We'll see. You may. We might. Who knows? It's got Natalie Portman. Of course he's going to give you a yay. Yeah. It's got at least one, one thumb immediately. One of the reasons <laughs> yeah. I picked it. One yeah. of the reasons I picked it because I I want to see your take on. Yeah, just Natalie Portman in this movie. Okay, you'll know when you watch it. Okay, okay. Mike, do you want to do the social media because you're the one who always remembers what they are? Yeah, it's been it's been a while. Um, all right, so um, yeah, we've got social medias. So go follow us: Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Heritage Film Pod, mostly Twitter. Um, that is our social media, easy. So um, we will, at some point closer to the time, put up a um, question, what constitutes a Christmas movie? So get your thinking caps on um, and answer that because it's going to hopefully help Brian pick his pick for Christmas or mm-hmm. are you forfeiting your pick and letting Twitter choose? I forfeit nothing. Good. I do need help. Okay, cool. So we'll do that closer to the time, maybe I- in... Why do you need help for? I oh, this could be a long discussion about what what constitutes a a Christmas movie, and I don't want to go down the Die Hard road. You know. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. And and I'm just struggling to think of a, a movie that I would put into the mix as a Christmas movie. I just assumed I'm, if I'm it was said at Christmas is a Christmas movie, yeah. If Christmas is integral to the plot, i.e., Die Hard, um, or e.g., i.e., I don't know, I go get those mixed yeah, up. No, yeah, go with the i.e., Mike. It's yep. Fine. So um, that's my my thing. If it if it uh, yep. okay, you could argue this against Tahad. This is going to go down a rabbit hole, so we're not going to do it. Okay. But we'll we'll let Twitter answer. Did, um, okay. no, just for context, just there, is, there is an old movie out there in black and white called Santa Claus versus the Martians. Yes. So I throw this into the mix, you see, because it's potentially an option depending upon how we're going to define a Christmas movie. Yeah, that's anyway, got my pick alongside. straight away. It's got Santa in it, dude. Well, and he's oh, fighting a Martian. now, Clayton. But he's got Santa hey, and, and, and aliens. I'm down. It's, 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 not, it's not a Michael Bay Santa Claus versus the Martians. Just put it no, this way. Like, like I hope Santa Claus has a machine gun and has taken out the aliens. Probably a ray gun. Or you um, or something. And I could I could go the easy route myself and say, oh, I'm not allowed to die hard. I'll go lethal weapon. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm not. I'm not doing that. No, we're going um, to choose that against Santa versus aliens. Oh, it's Santa versus aliens. I don't think we need to do this Twitter anymore. If that's your pick, I think <laughs> maybe, it's one. Maybe that's so, the thing. I, yeah. Jared, save me. This has gone south on me horribly. I, no, nothing. Okay. But all I know is I'm picking bad Santa. So <laughs> you want to go, people? Yeah. <laughs> Twitter. Right. Only you can stop it. Mike, bring or us home. Okay, yep. So those are our social medias. Uh, we've got our Spotify playlists, which we briefly touched on a minute ago. Um, the oh man, it's been a while again. As I said, um, the Heritage Film Club playlist, which Jared curates and is a score, but mostly songs from the movies we review on the show. It's the soundtrack to the show. Um, 
you can feel free to skip this one if you like, though. It is an Oscar-winning score, but whatever. Um, And the other one is the Ultimate Movie Playlist, which hasn't been updated for a while, but is over two hours long. And I listen to it every time I'm mowing the lawn or cutting the hedge or doing all my other jobs. Um, And it's a banger. So go listen to that. Um, Songs that are created for or synonymous with the movies they're in. Um, That is all our plugs, I believe. Um, Again, go and watch the movies that made us. It's amazing. Um, And does anyone else have anything they want to plug for free? Jared, what are we making this time? Yeah, yes. Oh, God. Um, (laughs) We're making God? (laughs) Yes. We're we're starting our own um, religion. um, (laughs) The Church of Clayton. The Church of Clayton, yes. Don't attach my name to it. Well, that's the one that's going to get everyone in. And we're just going to find the (laughs) anti-Clayton. Uh, Clayton, what's so the number? On that. What's, mm. what's the number on the anti Clayton? Sixty nine, four twenty. Of course it is. Uh, and with that, no, um, <laughs> that's good. All right, um, cool. I think we're done. Yeah, everyone happy with that? We're all happy. Mm-hmm. Good. Come on, we're all waiting for the catchphrase, Mike. To to end the show. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right on. Okay. Um, yeah, so um, that was The Omen. Come back in two weeks, which will be – didn't write the date down, people. Help me. Um, uh, two weeks from now. The 24th, the 7th of November, we'll be watching Beautiful Girls. We implore you to go and watch it too and uh, come back and tell us what you thought. I've just realized I didn't read out the Twitter comment we got on The Omen, um, so I'm going to shoehorn that in. Go. Do in it. a second. So feel free to um, fill in the what will be dead air if you don't talk while I look for it. Oh, okay. We got no dead pressure. air. No pressure. So, well, dun, given dun, that we're back to four, there's no hashtags this time. We're starting any movements on Twitter in between. Nah. Keep him, ditch him, replace him. I don't know. He sort of sort of just swindled himself back in. He did kind of well, to be oh, fair. I'm happy to he, leave. Mike does the recording. <laughs> he yeah. knows where we all live. He knows where I live and knows where you live, Clayton. Yeah, it's true. All I know is that that was the first one I've missed. You guys did a bang-up job. I'm not really needed. So um, I can take breaks now, and I'm happy with that. Oh, I was just going to go straight to why you're here. But yeah, breaks. Look for (laughs) (laughs) good. Hey, guess what? We actually got two comments. So I missed it. So lucky I did check. All right. What are they? So here we go. All right. So... SP film viewers, or during October, SP Uki film viewers, get it? Like spooky. Um, you can follow them at SP underscore film viewers. A horror film that constantly has a sense of foreboding throughout and always enjoy coming back to this one. The second installment is not so bad, but the third one can literally go to hell. Um, <laughs> oh, Sam Neill. See what you did there. See what you did there. But yeah, it's got Sam Neill, so automatically mm-hmm. you have insulted us. Um <laughs> I um, feel like we should read these out first because we go on our big rant and then they are often quite different. So we should. Yeah. It's nice to know how wildly out of touch we are, though. Yeah, that's true. You know, after um, the fact. The next one was from Spritz Personality at Spritz Personal One. <laughs> as part of the new horror movement, which looked at human psychology as well as the supernatural, we love it. Still stands as a great, tense, scary film. 
Okay. Uh, yep. Okay. I will go with the whole human psychology thing. Mm. Um, kind of. Mm. And it has that one tense scene for me and for sounds like you guys as well. Um, and Rottweilers. I thought the Omen would get a lot more feedback because of how classic it's supposed to be. But mm. there we go. Mm. Maybe we're right. Perhaps we'll get feedback on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. From the horror fans. Anyway. Oh, ooh, before yep. we go, can we just thank the people again? They voted. Oh, yeah. we Too much. Yes. Too much. That's as Kiwi as you can keep, get on this podcast. Keep us on point. Yeah. Great. Nice work. Well done. Um, yep. Thanks to all of our Twitter followers and friends who uh, voted for us to watch The Omen. Was it the right choice? We'll never know because we didn't watch the other three. Have any of you guys watched any of the other options yet? Uh, no, not yet. no, not yet. No. Good. I'm going to watch Arachnophobia and um, Joshua Tree at some point because I've already watched The Birds. Jacob's so, Ladder. Jacob's Ladder. Jacob's Ladder. What did Close I say? Enough. Joshua Tree. Oh, I'm going you yeah. too. Uh, to, to be fair, I find you too horrifying. So that works. <laughs> Hello, I'm Bono. <laughs> okay, we're not going down this rabbit hole. That was awesome. Um, that's our sound clip. So with that, we're done with this episode. So um, we'll see you back in two weeks on the 7th of November with Beautiful Girls. Until then, happy Halloween from the Scaritage Film Club. We are out. That's the end. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.